Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I've got uh, one of my favorite people, but he just dropped an album called Wind Not Waves, a uh, really whimsical uh, freak folk album, uh, one of my favorite albums of the year so far, and I'm excited to talk to him about his creativity and why he does what he does. So, Jake Marine, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to see you, man. How are you today? I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm a little tired. Had a few beers before I came here. Did you? <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, yeah. On the on the hike down by the river, you know, it's where I like to drink my beer. You had to slam a couple. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that. I um, yeah. No, I had an episode before this, and I drank a a Bone and Viv hard seltzer. What um, is that? It's a uh, just a new brand of seltzer, like a white claw type thing, but just a. New one on the market, but it's basically the same thing. Nice. But it's it's pretty good. I saw um, there was like I think Bud Light was doing like their version of uh, a White Claw, and they had like oh, a really man. terrible okay. advertisement that was like ditch the claw. It was it was bad. I can't remember it. But. Yikes. Um, I don't. I never liked Budweiser. Everyone's doing it though, you know, like the White Claw. People are trying to replicate it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's the new, uh, it's the thing now. I mean, last year, like there was that whole craze over like the Capriccio. That like, you know what I'm talking about? That like, nope. oh, it was like that. It was like alcoholic grape juice, but it was like, it was like really, really sweet sangria and had all like the fruits on the on the bottle. Um, but it got you absolutely like fucking hammered. Um, but now, like, yeah, like. White Claw and the seltzers became like so big now, but honestly, I can't complain. I enjoy them. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. Thank you, free market. <laughs> yes, quite. It's, it's essentially, yeah, competition, right? But um, anyway, so uh, so Jake, uh, what we talk about, Mr. Nice Guy, we examine love and fear through our creative and passionate minds. First time I met you was at High Dive yeah. at the Cream Vellum EP release yeah. show. Um, we bonded because John Griffin of Bumalum, shout out John, uh, he introduced hey John, uh, he uh, introduced us because we were talking about Animal Collective, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, you should talk to Jake. Jake loves Animal Collective." I'm like, "Dude." Shut, like bring me to him. Like where's he at? <laughs> and then we so uh, introduced us and uh, got immediately into it. What are your favorite songs? You know, <laughs> yeah. We did um, the whole Animal Collective fan thing. We did, yeah. Which yeah. is very, yeah. It's like what you do in any in any band that has like its own Facebook group of followers with, which yeah. is the spirit posting. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, honestly, though, like. I do make friends through that shared love for the band. Like one of my buddies, uh, Alec, um, he's uh, actually met him. I met him because we happened to be waiting outside after the show when we saw them play some tongs last year in Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And he just happened to, like, I found out he's from Waukesha and that he's in the spirit posting group. And, like, we connected that way and now we're friends. And we actually saw AV Tear together in April in the Twin Cities. And I, like, crashed on his couch. Like, you make friends through things like that, like those groups, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think any of my friends don't enjoy animal collective. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason. Not a sound. I mean, it's true. Like I, that band goes deep in my heart. And agreed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think their music is going to be like studied in schools, like in the like, was, in the future. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, they're not. They're the kind of band that, after time has passed and people realize. You know, younger generations start researching like where music comes from. Um, mm-hmm. They're one of those bands that will be mentioned for sure. Yeah, totally. Because like you know, not not that they're like the only band that try to do stuff like that, but they were very good at it and right. very influential for sure. And they brought like such an infectious like uh, um, an infectious like catchiness in the weirdest way. Like, I mean. Well, they're writing pop songs at the root of it, and then they're like, they're just, they're, they just love texture and, and sound design, mm-hmm. and they shove that in there too, yeah, and yeah. you know. And every album is like a completely different flavor of that, like, I mean, Sung Tong's like the stripped down freak folk, and then Feels is like, like, the weird, like, psych rock love songs. Mm-hmm. Strawberry Jam is, like, just every different color that you want. And then Meriwether is, like, their watery, like, pop masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But then, like, their earliest shit, like, like the Spirit, Holland Eigen, and Here Comes the Indian, like, is all, like, just so much, you know, so many abrasive and mindless and just, um, very, like, uh, immersive soundscapes, um, which I got a lot, I picked up a lot from your your album, was sort of of that nature, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Wind Not Waves is, it definitely was like, I felt musically like I was in a space, like an environment um, that I wanted, you know, it, it started out I had I had greater visions earlier on of like creating an environment. Um, it it I feel like it um, it has moments of that like where you sort of immersed in that and then and then it's more musical. But I really did want it to be a f- a very immersive uh, like I wanted to feel like it it never stopped and you were sort of in it and yeah. you were. Yeah, part of part of an environment. That part you, of the forest, you know. Yeah, the, the treetops. Is yeah, the first track like started. It's Starts called. Out, it's called Wind Not Waves because um, it, all of those like there are a lot of um, recordings of trees being like the leaves of trees being rustled in wind, and um, to everyone that I was sharing the music with as I recorded it, it sounded like waves. And so I named it Wind That Waves in spite of that. It's definitely meant to be like a, like a windy night 
in the woods or something. Interesting. That's good to. That's that's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. It's um good to put context to. For the record, actually, I like speaking of how much Animal Collective like like influenced me. Like, if I didn't, if I wouldn't have named the show Mr. Nice Guy, my like secondary name I was thinking about was Reverend Green, actually, <laughs> uh, which um, I feel like this is a lot more universal. But yeah, I, that would have been like, well, if I had an alias and like just something that like would be like a working title for something. It's a great moniker. River and Green, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so Jake, tell me a little bit about how, um, I guess like where did you start like your earliest days of like making music and finding it as like your crea- a creative outlet for yourself? Yeah. Um, so my brother was very young when, well, he was like at the age, he's like 20, well, he's like six years older than me. So he's like 31. When he was like, when he was a teenager, he discovered um, music software, like um, FL Studio, like Mm -hmm. Audacity, and um, he was mostly into like, electronic music and house music um, and discovered music software and, and he was he was really into like he's a computer nerd so he was into anything any kind of software and like learning how it worked and mm-hmm. so he showed me like FL Studio which is usually used for electronic music the kind of stuff that he was listening to the Fruity Loops before Fruity it was Loops. FL Studio yeah yeah uh, so he showed me that and I mean, I was definitely into whatever he was listening to because he was kind of my only uh, entry point into music. Um, so I just started making really like, you know, at the age of like eight or nine, just like little um, beats and yeah, yeah. <laughs> little uh, yeah. like really bad, like, I mean, not bad in here intrinsically, but very simple, like. Right electronic music um, that's kind of like how I how I started that that was like the first time where I was like whoa like I can make music like that's not I didn't think that that would be easy that's crazy um, that was, I think that was before I ever learned how to play like, an instrument oh, well yeah. that's awesome where did the, that instrumental background kind of uh, kick in as you grew up I think um, I had people in my life who were older than me that I, like a, f- a friend, um, friend's brother played guitar, like my best friend's brother played guitar, and he was sort of like trying to get us in on like playing guitar, and um, I it was when you're very young, a guitar is like a very intimidating thing, mm-hmm. and it's for me it was very intimidating. Um, but I didn't start playing, like I was always just sort of like, oh, I can't do that, like, yeah. how would I do that? But my dad had, like unbeknownst to him and myself, he had like an old, um, I think they were called, I think the brand is Airline, it was that's like an old guitar company. Okay, sure. But he had like a, this old Airline acoustic guitar in the basement, he just like discovered it, and, um, that, that was a, a point in time where I was like, you know, kind of interested in 
in music and guitars and stuff and so he just told me about it and I started just like playing around on it and um, started like trying to write stuff um, I listened I was listening to at that time I think it was like middle school and uh, I was listening to a lot of like just radio punk like Green Day mm -hmm. um, and my cousin showed me a lot of like Screamo, uh, like Christian Screamo. Oh yeah, right. It's out there. It is out there. He was into like Under Oath and uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember what else. But So I started writing songs that were kind of, or not writing songs really at all at that point, just kind of like riffing around based on stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember like Cause I was, I mean, I played in band in middle school. Mm. Um, when you're forced to do it by your parents, it makes it more of a chore than an actual enjoyment. Yeah. But in like seventh grade, like, all, like pretty much all of my friends were playing like guitar. Yeah. You know, they start, or at least, I guess I say that, I say that lightly, because like they would, they all got guitars <laughs> and started playing, but. Only like two or three out of like maybe ten of them actually stuck with it. I don't know. Like it does seem like it did seem like you know the cool thing to do at that point. Yeah, there's there's a there's pressure to be cool when you're young. Uh, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, I think unfortunately that's how a lot of. I mean, I definitely felt that when I was. Growing up, but I, I think when I started playing guitar, that all kind of like, because I realized how much like I was someone who I, when I was very young, I had to have like a thing to do or I'd go insane, and that was like you know that was a thing that I could do. Um, I think yeah, like a lot of my friends who like got guitars for that reason. Obviously, like if you don't find a, a, a practice within it that's means something to you, obviously that you don't have a reason to stick with it or uh -huh. um, and there's like a material aspect to guitars too where it's like, oh I want a guitar. Like, yeah. It's a cool thing. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, I mean even like I remember there was one time in like eighth grade, like I went with my friends to Guitar Center and like I didn't even, I didn't know how to play guitar, but I was so mesmerized by how much fun they were having. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. want this. I want to have fun. Like, I want to, I want to like look like I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so like, I want, I wish I could like, I wish I had that. I, there was a point where I, I definitely like had ambition to like want to learn eventually, but it is also like an expensive thing to do. Yeah. Um, and like, because I quit band after middle school because I like just hated you know playing music and band and stuff tried to like practice yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, because of that my mom was like no like if you want to buy like a bass sure yeah you have to you know you have to save up for it yourself because you know we like put you through a band and you didn't stick with it so like sure yeah. you know we're not gonna go through that with you again if, yeah. In case you don't want to, right? After a while, so I mean, so I mean, but that's okay because eventually, like, 
I found my niche in high school anyway, like, and that became broadcasting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just becoming an, a, an enthusiast, becoming an appreciator. There is an art to appreciating things. That's true. To be tasteful. You know, you have taste. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, by all means, like, I mean, it's... Some people, like, start it and it's not for them, or they do stick with it and find they, like, I could really do something with this. Um, and, you know, that clearly was the case with you. Yeah. I, th I think what... You know, I... And I'm not... I'm not... I feel like I'm kind of still figuring... Figuring out um, the narrative of my childhood—it's something that, like, I feel like I forgot, and I'm trying to, to remember sometimes. Which is like kind of a weird thing, but um, I think definitely a part of the reason that I stuck with it was there wasn't a lot to do, and I feel like I there was a time, you know, when you're like. 10 or 11, you're kind of like, you're finding things that are fun to do. And not only that, but you're, you're finding, a lot of people are finding at that age, like coping mechanisms. And mm -hmm. like, that was definitely a huge part of it. And a reason I stuck with it was because like, it helped me through, you know, the, the bullshit of being a... Angst. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, yeah. that, that, that totally, um, totally makes sense. Um, I feel like, I used to, like, grow up not ever knowing what that was, and I felt very yeah. insecure about it, because, like, it felt like, you know, because I wasn't, like, an athlete. I didn't grow up playing sports. I didn't stick with an, an instrument, like... I wasn't the best student in school either. And like, I just, I felt like I was never good at anything growing mm -hmm. up. Um, and uh, part of me still thinks, well, you know, like, I mean, well, I should say for a while, like, you know, up until like, I really did find like a truth that I abide by, you know, what can be my, like, outlet, you know? What can yeah. be my contribution to my surroundings? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, I mean, I've always, like, loved and had a, have had a visceral, like, emotional connection with music. That's why, like, you know, I just... Soaked it up? Yeah, soaked it up, started nerding out, exploring, you know catching the shows, uh, you know, right down the street, like, this where past... Did you, where did you grow up? The Chicago area. Okay. South suburbs of Chicago. I came to school for UWM, though, for journalism. So, um, so in this way, like, I am, you know, using my degree, uh, doing something that I really love to write about, to explore, and that something I feel like is really timeless, which is the which is like not only the music, but also just the emotional, the positive emotional experience that the live music aspect brings with us. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, for the entirety of middle school and high school, I think 
music was like the only thing that I like sports were like this thing that involved masculinity. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of uh, a lot of that was very like to me I understood it and like I I understand. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure to play sports and there's a lot of pressure to be mm -hmm. the kind of person that wants to compete and prove themselves and yeah. I liked that music wasn't competitive sport it was just like an experiment and like oh, yeah. a fun thing yeah. seamless something you're only in competition with yourself and <laughs> yeah, yeah still to this day yeah right exactly yeah but and that's kind of like an ugly thing that um, you know our uh, I think that's an ugly thing we've been so indoctrinated into is, I mean, I like to think that, like, um, toxic masculinity and, like, you know, capitalism and, you know, just patriarchy. patriarchy, it's all, like, it's all kind of, it all functions through, like, from the same, like, uh, sort of like a, this, like the same source, which is a need to, like, win. And a need to be it's better. Power, it's power. Power, exactly. Yeah. Like a yeah. need to be better than somebody else for there to be a winner or a loser. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, we don't, we only really like, when, when you're making music, like, or when you're doing any kind of creative outlet, whether, you know, you could be making movies, you could be doing a podcast, you could be painting, you could be doing whatever. But really like, that's, that is, it, the way it should be, like, the real heart behind doing that is through looking inwardly and having that competition with yourself to think, okay, like, you know, what am I learning or, like, what did I, like, uh, how can I, like, think of something in an abstract way that's going to, like, apply something, like, an idea I have or something I've been through or an emotion and how can I how can I like reflect it through this song or this yeah. piece of film or this picture, like whatever, how can I do that? Like, and you know, and sadly, like the music industry is no exception to capitalism. You know, we still, you know, there's a lot of egos. There's a lot of, you know, needing to set people thinking they need to be like the best, but, or, or people being, Pressured to be something that they're not. Uh, that they need to be grinding <laughs> all the time. Sure, yeah. But, but, but honestly, like, you know, I think for all the time that you spend uh, perfecting your craft and paying attention to detail, which is all very important, you know, you also need a lot of time to just not think about that and, and enjoy yourself and relax and uh, spend some time with your loved ones, you know? <laughs> I think, yeah, what you're saying about, um, like, uh, art as a, as a battle with, or not a battle, um, but a, this conflict between yourself and, Like, well, it's art is art is great because it's it it's a microcosm for that that 
rep the the internal versus the external and and what it, what is that and yeah, making sense of it yeah and at a you know when I was first trying to think about music and writing music I don't think I was thinking about it. I was definitely like I want to write I don't think most of us were <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to I yeah. want to you know I don't know I I feel weird about my like upbringing with music because I do feel like a lot of it was was like motivated by like the the disingenuous like the rock star like thing and then I like grew up and realized that like that's a trap and like right, yeah and yeah I, I feel very now when I'm you know just having put out an album and like people a lot of people encourage me to think about my music as a, a business or as a, a way of life and is a way of life for sure but I I yeah I don't know that that I want to turn it into a business mm -hmm. and it's it's hard because your life does change once you do that because like you really do have to treat this as like you know a deadline oriented like you know I treat it as a deadline oriented thing without it being a business right right but it becomes like well now money's <laughs> and involved now like, yeah <laughs> it becomes a thing and I, I, I everyone that I I won't say that it's a lot of examples but I feel like I've seen a lot of people go the route of like I want to be on a label and I want and it, and it's a great thing for the right person and it's the worst thing for the wrong you know like mm -hmm. you if you have sometimes you have really good intentions going into a label and a lot of bands just get the soul sucked out of them and then yeah. they and then they have to recover from that and it's like I was a weird economics to to being a musician and, and making a living off of it mm -hmm. that I yeah that I've lately been like you know trying to figure out right because it's it's almost like how you know it's almost like how people go into college thinking they want to go into a particular field and then they start studying it and they realize okay I like this, but I don't want to go into it because, like, it's ruining it for me. It's ruining the enjoyment. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what you're saying is, like, once you turn music into a business, it becomes, like, this, you know, there's automatically, like, an agenda being involved where it's, like, you have to uh, think about what is going to generate, you know, an income for you and what's what is going to, uh, you know... How, like, you have to, like, that is when you really have to start, like, you know, working on music at nights you might not want to, or, you know... There's inherently an aspect to making money with your music where you, you start focusing more on the attention, the, the perspective and attention that you'll receive. Um, there are people who have like this relationship with art where they they can sustain their creative process with that like specter of uh, 
the music industry, you know, kind of like helping them. Mm -hmm. The the you know, and it, like a lot of labels aren't out to to strip you or anything. Right, right, right. Um, a lot of labels are there to support musicians. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and yeah, I guess like when I when I think about it, it's it's not about like. Oh, I have to, I'm going to start thinking about like, you know, who's I have to start writing pop songs or something. It's just that like, yeah, I'll I'll have I'll have this um, this thing that I do that is to me doesn't involve a an economic structure. Now it does, mm -hmm. and now that now I have to. Um, now there's supply and demand, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't want there to, yeah, I don't want to yeah. have to even approach. And that's why, you know, that's, yeah, that goes along with the whole, the selling out, you know, that we get, that, that term gets thrown around a lot in the music industry, selling out because it's like, well, they're part of a huge record label now and they want to make money. So they're gonna make what, or they're in a contract that requires them to make money, yeah. <laughs> like right. which is usually the case. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's plenty of bands who are who get signed. They're like, oh yeah, we'll be in a contract. Um, we're gonna write music, and then it's like, oh shit, like this is hard. Yeah, right. and we did have a great album, and people are expecting a lot from us, but you can't just repeat that yeah it's hard and that's why like and it varies from musician to musician but um, you know some crave that lifestyle they like working with that sort of with that structure and others don't as much it's something that they do because they just love doing it it's like a profound hobby and uh, you know they're perfectly content with you know not bringing it to that that next level of like professionality, mm -hmm. um, which is fine. You know, it's like you don't have to be like a career musician to make a great album. You made a great album, and you work at Whole Foods. You and know, <laughs> and I wonder like what what the the artist like what their position would look like in in the kinds of societies that anarchists envision where like money is is very like it's it's a very fragile thing now and when when I think about like what music means to humanity like putting money putting a dollar value on that is like so absurd and yeah. and when I think about yeah like what that what the position of an artist looks like in society, imagined societies, um, that's like, that's like what I would like to do is like, well, I make things and that's, I enjoy people who make things and I would give them anything to experience or to, to acquire that, that sort of like, that artistry. Mm -hmm. Um, y using like this sort of magical thing called currency to acquire that is like 
sometimes disheartening because I know it gives them what they need, but I know also what money means to me, and I know what it means to them. It's it's right. all this. It's a very detached thing. It's just it's value. It's yeah. it's like condensed value, and it doesn't mean what I'm buying. It just means this weird value. Oh yeah, it's. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh no, it, it, it sense. I was well. You made me think of a a, a lyric from a Godspeed You Black Emperor song. Oh, nice. Uh, the Dead Flag Blues. Um, it's a first song off of F sharp, A sharp, Infinity. But there's like a. I don't know if I listened to that one, but I liked they they had. Um, I'm thinking of different bands. Okay, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, there's uh, this whole, like, uh, monologue at the beginning. It's really eerie, ambient, and there's just a voice talking, depicting this, like, um, like sort of like this uh, dystopian world of, like, you know, the, the our civilization's been, like, destroyed by capitalism and by greed, and this uh, this lyric is, like, we're all trapped in the belly of this horrible machine, and the machine is bleeding to death. And that that made me think of it, like, because you know, at the end of the day, like, we have to capitalize off of like anything we do in order for us to think that like it's in in order for us to in order for anything to have any meaning, it's like we have to be like part of that system, that machine, or not sorts. not to have any meaning, but to have any value in this system like yeah. to have to, right yeah and that's that's definitely where I'm coming from but the machine like, bleeding to death is like well we're all in competition with each other yeah and like and it's because of money it's, yeah <laughs> like it's no there would be no there would be no competition between bands if they wouldn't if it weren't for like well if if we're better it's yeah if we're better we'll make you know it'll be a career yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I, I like your mindset. And, uh, <laughs> I because I mean it's it's a it's real, and I think that not not to say that like I mean it's totally valid to want to make money making music. Like I right, but, you, how you can't you can't blame anyone, right? Know? But money is a money is a social construct. You know, it's like we gave a defined value to a little piece of paper, right. and that is like and now by our it's not even about that anymore. It's like you can create value out of thin air if you exploit yeah. something. That or, yeah, that as well as clout. Mm -hmm. You know, the virtual mm -hmm. online presence and whatnot. But I digress. Anyway. I have, have been. Yeah. For too long. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. So, uh, so you, uh, you were working on this album for about three years, yeah? Yeah. 2016, you started writing it. Yeah. Um, so, like, I guess, like, um, what, um, I guess, like, what, made you want to put an album out like this that has like such the rich textures that like picturesque like um the whimsical like uh you know forest feel like the nature feel like I guess like what was inspiring you like what made this be like the the album that you ended up putting out sure so I think at the root of that, like, sort of, like, foresty, like, um, bucolic sort of, um, that desire for that, that kind of 
sound, which I still question whether it really gives that off, but um, to some people it probably will, to some people maybe not, but I think a lot of that was growing up in, I grew up like in a suburb of Oshkosh, I spent a lot of time, um, I lived in a suburb that was like right on the edge of development, mm. so all the, all the houses, my mom moved around a lot, um, and all the houses I lived in were sort of on the edge of where suburbia turns into like rural yeah, areas. Yeah, sure. So I spent a lot of time like outside and when I started getting into music I was spending a lot of time outside and like I think you know just before I was like writing that album I was into um, obviously Animal Collective and I was into um the microphones and like you know the glow part too. A lot of the production of that album is very, it's very atmospheric. Like it feels very, it kind of transports you into like a world that you don't you don't really know what it, where it is. Yeah. Um, I think I was just really into music that had like a an environment. Yeah. yeah. You know and like. Um, for me, that environment is like just walking down the street or walking on a trail or a lot of the music, a lot of music that I listen to, I listen to while I'm just like walking. Uh, I like going for walks or hiking. Um, I think we, uh, I think we take in music pretty similarly. <laughs> yeah. Music and nature. Yeah. 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 Um, I I also kind of there's like um I like music that has like a mysticism to it or like it's has like an enchanting quality and I always you know in fairy tales in in stories um mm -hmm. that are that are like that are mystical or enchanting. They a lot of them take place in a forest, and I like that idea of like um, just sort of like not knowing where you are, and it's just like you're you're in like this. To me, like when I was recording the trees and everything, I thought that would come across as trees and like this magical tree. Yeah. Um, there's I don't know a lot of the environmental aspects were very much just like trees. <laughs> yeah, well it gives me it gives sort of like that sort of that um that picturesque like landscape of like, you know, mystical creatures and like a campfire and like a you know, like all the yeah, like under the trees and like the trees are like the shelter of yeah. sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a thing that I was thinking about when I was when I was doing it. I spent a lot of time recording um, trees and like just sitting under them and like the like that's that's a thing that that Animal Collective definitely taught me was that like you can go out and just like sit in nature and that can be part of your 
production project. Camp, campfire song. Campfire exactly. song, yeah. yeah. Like that, the, you know, I mean, I think they recorded that in like a, a porch in one of their relatives' yeah. houses, but then they had a mic in there and outside. Yeah. And yeah, using using the acoustics of, of you know, just the open air, um, like there's not a moment in campfire songs where there's not a recording just open air. Right. Yeah. And there's that's true to to my album too. Like I kept that I made half an hour recordings to keep that in there even though it wasn't all one recording obviously. Um, they definitely inspired a lot of that. The idea of like let's have let's have a piece of music where it feels like it's been placed outside. Right, because those field recordings, like, literally, like, they are, they are a component of that actual atmosphere that you want to foster through this, through your album, and it's like, when you actually have, like, well, this is the audio from said environment, you know, that makes it a lot more of, like, um, sort of, like, a a sensory default to feel that. Yeah, yeah. And I also love I recorded all all that album on classical guitar and for whatever reason I I always associate like the tone of a classical guitar with like woodsy or foresty mm -hmm. uh, environments. Yeah. I think I've always kind of been obsessed with like art that depicts nature it's a very just like simple it's a very simple art it's not it's not conceptual it's like landscape paintings i they're the most boring paintings like no one does that anymore but i love just the simple like bucolic aspect of like this is a place and it's beautiful because it's yeah. here it is it's full of life it has life right, yeah right. yeah yeah that's yeah that's i think what what inspired the environment of, of the album was just like being very inspired by just like the simple landscapes that you know you see Right, we were like just talking about this before we started recording, but like, I feel like I've, I have barely been outside like all like this whole summer. I felt like I wasn't even outside that much, and like I'm kind of uh, I'm bummed about it because like I gent like I was a very outdoorsy kid growing up as well. Um, like my family, we lived on like a major street, and my family's like we have a. We had a business growing up. We had a greenhouse, mm -hmm. so like, what what did, what did you grow? Uh, just it was horticulture, so like all kinds of flowers. Cool. Uh, in the fall, we had um, pumpkins and straw gourds, and then in the winter, we had Christmas trees. So, um, so I grew up around that sort of just being around all of that, you know all that life and, you know, that, uh, just natural beauty, um, that you get from just, um, 
you know, just from sort of like the, the lifestyle of that. Mm -hmm. Like, so I, like I spent a lot of outside, a lot of time outside. Um, and it, like, I could literally be playing out in my yard for hours and just wouldn't be bored. So I just loved being outside. Yeah. Um, and especially like by water, like water, like is, you know, it's just, it's like, it just, let's talk about water. Okay. Water, <laughs> like water is just, you know, what, I mean, I feel like I could never live not by water. I feel like I always want to live by a body of water in my lifetime. But have, that's that's a good point. Like I've never yeah. really even considered that that was possible. Right. But I guess there are plenty of places, obviously, yeah, where like you'd have to travel. Exactly. I've like, never thought about that. Oh yeah, like even if it's like a small body of water, like yeah. I feel like that just sort of adds, like you know, um, uh, a completely new uh, a different dimension of um, that contributes to that appreciation of nature, you know, because it's a, you know, yeah. water is, I mean, obviously water is the essence of life, and when it's sustaining an ecosystem, um, it just, you know, it's like so much of the nature that we love and admire and derive meaning from depends on this water. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I don't know, I, I feel like I was similar to you, like, kind of, like, I spent a lot of time outside as well, and like, um, just exploring, being out like under trees and like, you know, admiring the sky and like the clouds and the, like, I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I love the sky. I think the sky is like one of the coolest parts about I world. I was listening to, uh, this is just an anecdote, a uh, recent sure. podcast listening. I was listening to, um, fuck, it was a podcast. I think that was put on by, by NPR, and it was about, um, yeah, it was, it was Radio Lab. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they did, like, a, a huge, um, they did, like, a live podcast in front of, like, a huge audience about, um, the idea of the apocalypse, and one of the, one of the people they had talking about, um, like, you know, ideas within the theme of, of an apocalypse was someone who studied uh, the the extinction of the dinosaurs, and they were talking about the meteor that they believe, you know, hit, hit the earth and uh, caused the extinction of the dinosaurs, and they speculate that if you were there uh, above or, or below where the meteor entered the atmosphere, the meteor would create such a shock wave in the atmosphere that you would actually be able to see space in within like a circle of the sky like the the reflection of the water into the sky which you see as blue um, you know would be would be brushed away like all that gas would be brushed away holy shit and you would just see like a hole into space through like a day sky wow and i like that's amazing kind of blew my mind, yeah. that is really cool <laughs> you have to send me that i want to <laughs> yeah. hear more about that yeah um, yeah like i love the sky the sky has always been a huge fascination of mine but but yeah like 
just I think that you know when you definitely growing up in you know in an outdoorsy like um, in a environment like an environment where you thrived on like being outside and and you know just being sort of like uh, raised around that lifestyle it definitely like I think being raised around that gets reflected in like how you appreciate art and like how you appreciate or or look for you know well it sounds like, and music and aesthetics and whatnot it's like a it's you learn that it it gives you joy and and the things that like that's such a that's such a uh, like a basic enjoyment that if you enjoy it as a child you'll you'll always go back to it yeah, as an adult and a lot of a lot of art that I enjoy art that I enjoy making is like definitely rooted in um, play and like you know trying to conjure the environments or the feeling of being of of being someone who's playing like being young being free to do the, the childlike wonder you know <laughs> yeah. of sorts and how it how it manipulates like the nature around you yeah mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah that's it's beautiful <laughs> yeah, that's great you know i like no, that's that that is very true um i think that we can never you know, once, like, once that's instilled in us from a young age, like, where that was, like, a main way we, you know, found a release in was being immersed in leaves and trees and playing outside and, you know, like, feeling the breeze yeah. against us and, you know, uh, just finding a lot of tranquility through like a field of flowers or a field of just you know you know or a greenhouse of flowers uh, the greenhouse yes of course um it definitely like um it it makes it so like that's that's always there with you like even as you grow up and that's why like yeah i feel like people like us we love to go on walks we love to sort of reconnect with that nature because we're in we're adults now and like we're so stimulated all the time with like urban or you know civilized culture of like living in a neighborhood for example it's like we need to reconnect with that yeah i know i mean i love this neighborhood i love river oh, west yeah. no 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 not not boo to river west right boo but to boo to civilization right to urban culture yeah but, and that goes that goes even further to to the point where we can never lose that childlike wonder um, I mean, hopefully, I guess that's that's a lot of the value of art is that it it removes you from thinking within a system that you've learned. A lot of art is is not a part of a system. A lot of it is, but a lot of it, if it's if it's from a person, and it's it's <laughs> all art is from a person. But if it's uninterrupted and un, unchanged by a system, it, it becomes like a a window into something that's pure and and you know meaningful. Right. I just started watching Adventure Time. Have you watched? 
Yeah, yeah. I I never watched it growing up, but I started watching it, and it literally is hearkening to that exact thing you're talking about. Like, that feeling of, like, let's go into this completely absurdist world with all these weird candy creatures and explore, like, realistic yeah. themes of society and yeah. of the world and... No, it's a great show. I mean, it is. If I had children, that would be the first thing I would I would show them. Oh yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, it's and I I haven't seen all of it, but I've heard that like, you know, like the first five or whatever seasons are great, and then like it's a little confused, and then like the end is just like heartbreaking and, and amazing. Yeah. So stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so, now that you put this album out, uh, what is next for you? Hmm. Um, I have like three and a half new songs right now. Um, it can be very different, very like, I guess compared to what I just did, a little more straightforward, um, electric guitar, um, I think that might change. Um, but I'd like to do, I had, I had it in mind to do an EP by the end of this fall, um, to at least have it, like, demoed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, it's very, I feel like I was with my last album, or my album, it's my only album, um, <laughs> I feel like I was trying to, I was trying to, like, create a sort of like a jazz which was made up of a bunch of different styles that I liked um, but this is very much like I haven't really been listening to music <laughs> I, I mean people do that though like that's that's, that's fair I mean <laughs> a lot of people don't listen to music it's very like I'm just I'm trying to write without um, thinking about like context, I guess, which is, could go wrong, could go terribly wrong, but no, I like, I like what's happening, it's, it's a little more straightforward, um, kind of mathy, kind of, uh, kind of jazzy, um, yeah, hopefully, like, four song, four song EP by the end of the year. We love to see you. Alright, Jake, um, (laughs) <laughs> um, great conversations about art yeah. and nature mm-hmm. and uh, music as a as a as a resistance to capitalist. I, I don't fucking know. It should I, be. Yeah, it it should, should, yeah. Be. Which it is in many in many con in many cases, yes. but uh, but overall, you know, fantastic content. So Jake, tell me what keeps you up at night. <sighs> the future. The future. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, shit. Uh, what what uh, puts you to sleep, though? Um, uh, documentaries about space. Documentaries about space. You'll have to give me some good recommendations, because uh, I want to check more of that shit out. But thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Had a great talk. <laughs> um, uh, Wind Not Waves uh, is on Bandcamp, and... Um, Yeah, stay tuned for uh, what this guy has in store with that four-song EP.
We'll, we'll be looking for it. So thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.